Now, where did I put it? Hmm. Ah, here it is. Welcome to the Toolbox. Tools for life and everything in between. Stuff you can use or toss, it's up to you. Hey everybody, welcome back to Tools for the Toolbox. This is episode 8, and we're going to be carrying on with part 2 of Arthur and Brittany Laramie. So I hope you enjoy. We all have responsibility for, you know, how we think and um, how, but we, we can't control how other people think. And it's, it's painful at times because it really, you wish you could just beat it into their head, right? Like <laughs> there's lots of times where I wish I could just smack people until they understood what I was talking about, but you are really only responsible for your own thoughts and you cannot be responsible for other people's thoughts and you just have to be able to as hard as it is letting that stuff roll off your back you know for for me i just i remind myself regularly if i if i'm dealing with an ignorant person or and i use that term not in a negative manner but just someone who doesn't know the thing that i have to tell myself is they just don't know and i will either try to educate them or if they're not willing to learn then i just okay they just don't know and i leave it at that do you guys have anything like that for sure yeah I relate with you because yeah. I used to try to enforce, like I thought my will was the will to be like, and two, it's highway or the highway. I learned that those were my masks of perfectionism, um, uh, expectations of others, uh, of what I would do. But I, again, like I don't have control over another person. So I shouldn't have expectations of the other person and shouldn't assume that they know my expectations. Yeah. So once I broke down all those kind of layers, it's made my life much easier and our relationship together much easier because then I wouldn't put my expectations because I had one like residual fear uh, is even cleanliness. Like I have our, like my discipline that was instilled into me and the punishments that I experienced um, through other people's like fuck ups, uh, really hit me. So I have expectations of other people to keep military inspection rooms, but that's not correct. Yeah. Um, so I can expect out of others. So it took me a long time, especially being in a gym owner. And then like I kept that place. No other gym was as shiny without janitors. Like I kept that place clean, but then I would see people. I'd have to bite my tongue all day because I'd be like, why are you so messy? Like, what is your like major malfunction? So I would like walk behind some people and just clean up after them. And they wouldn't even know I was doing it. And I did that <laughs> the whole time. Um, so that caused me, like I was so drained at the end of the day, putting expectations of myself on so many people throughout the day. And then that expectation never coming to light and me deep being disappointed all day for no reason to be actually disappointed drove myself crazy. Yeah. So I relate with it. So how do you, how do you get like, what was it that like, obviously going through Edgewood, but what were the tools that some something that like gave you that allowed you to break that down in your own mind and separate them from you or their actions from your actions or your, their thoughts versus your thoughts, et cetera. Um, passion to self. Um, the four commem uh, uh, the four agreements, which is uh, like accountability of my word, to not assume, uh, to do my best, and 
uh, don't take things personally. Once I understood those four agreements, and I knew that all I could do is my best, anything other than myself, um, I know to not assume that others know my feelings unless I said my boundaries, I statements. So that was another tool mm -hmm. to then uh, have my words. So not to be a yes man and not to be a no man and to say what is actually I am feeling because I'm not responsible for how my feelings make you feel and you're not responsible for how your feelings make me feel. So once I got that, that I didn't have to be a yes man, that people weren't judging me, that I wasn't the center of the universe and that um, I was, everybody in the universe was judging me. Um, once I got rid of all of that, which was trained into me from the military, because it has to be. Yep. Um, once I got rid of that, through nine weeks of dedicated effort in Edgewood, and I came back and I was like totally different. No joke, chill. Um, I can I can deal with emotional stressors without resorting to my primal instincts of fear and uh, straight up uh, flight, flight or freeze, which is very like I got a very strong primal like brain. So mm -hmm. for me to be able to control that and on to post to react changed my life. Yeah, no doubt. That's uh, you know my my psychologist. Uh, she worked with me. Her and I work, she does equine therapy, so we work with horses quite a bit. The key thing that I got from it, because she, she would challenge me, I would say, you know, I would make statements that were finite. They, this is, it's either this way or it's not going to work. And she would challenge me with things like, are you, are you like 100%? Absolutely. There's no way in, no matter what permutation this particular event happened in, that it would turn out any other way than what you said it did. And I'd be like, well, I mean, maybe, I mean, in, in an infinite world right there's anything can happen right and she'd be like okay so it's not 100 percent your way or it's not going to work it's like 99 and i'd be like well yeah i guess 99 percent." and then she would so the moment i made a finite statement like that or you know i said uh be talking about oh I, I hate how people do this and she's like well is that really your is that your responsibility that they do these things that you don't like and i'm like well i mean no i can't change them obviously and she's like okay so you can't change them but what can you change? And it'd be like, well, I guess, I don't know how I look at it, how I view them, whether I'm there or not, whether I see it, but like, there's lots of things you can do to sit. feel it. Yeah. Just yeah. That frustration and pass. Exactly. And, uh, working through horses was such a benefit for me because they, they live the same way we do overseas because they're prey animals. And as much as we love to think of ourselves as offensive, when we were in Afghanistan, anywhere you went that wasn't outside of actually attacking the people, you were a prey animal because people were trying to kill you. Yeah, and everybody hated you. Yeah, exactly. So you're constantly on guard, just like horses are. You're constantly looking for the next safe area like horses are. You're you're only hanging out with other horses, right? You don't want to deal with any other animals because they can't they don't know the situation like you do. So it becomes very insular. Uh, but working through horses, you start to realize that they actually they do hang out with other animals and they hang out with other animals well. If they're not around horses, then they make uh, connections with dogs or uh, sheep or llamas. I mean, lots of pastures have llamas with their horses, but the key thing is is that they can work well outside of their own species. And I think that was a, a major switch for me was like, oh, I guess you can step outside of your own comfort zone and, and be okay. 
Like life is fine. <laughs> now, as per your guys's, let's dive into your guys' relationship a little bit. I know we're gonna get kind of all touchy feely here in a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> the uh, so I I have these. You know, when I'm dealing with my wife, there's a point where I am just I'm gonna fucking snap, right? Like it's something's being said, or you know, the kids have pushed me to a point that my stress levels are so high, or um, actually, just recently when they did the gun ban, uh, I, I read about that online and I was just, I was so fucking livid. Like anything was going to make me snap. And my wife has this thing where she just, she'll kind of, she'll look me in the eye. She'll have, uh, grab either my arm or something like that. She'll be like, you need to go sit down or go take 10 minutes or like there, it's not even a question. It's just go do this. And uh, that's what I do. So I just <laughs> like, okay. And I, I recognize it now because that is her, uh, it's for her own psyche. It's for her own mental health. Just to not have me fuming in front of her or in front of the kids because I will snap at whatever happened. Do you guys have something like that? Do you guys like recognize it in each other when that's going to, and then tell somebody to go fuck off or how do you guys roll? I'll tell them about just like me. small. Oh, okay. So yeah. So like sometimes when like in our situation, we can both feel it before we see it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so it's very like spidey sense ideal but we both have an agreement that like if arthur's you know not in a great headspace it's stop what you're doing and go smoke a toke and i i hate smoking cannabis like as a medicine because i hate to acknowledge that i do have uh trauma in my brain yep so i i i i smoke cannabis because it does help um but i hate to smoke cannabis because it is my medicine. So yep. Brittany will be like, go smoke. And sometimes I like, one day I went three days, I was like, no, like I'm not oh, doing it. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I was so short and Brittany like for three days is go smoke. At the end of the third day I smoke, I chilled out and I can feel feelings again and I can feel my skin because I, when, I, when I'm so in the black, I feel nothing. Um, yep. So I immediately, I was like, ah, super sorry that i didn't smoke three yeah. days ago so we just kind of <laughs> we trust each other enough now um you know and it's taking i still time. fight it though. yeah I you still, still fight it but i feel like we it. just have this mutual understanding not that i'm not saying it for me and i'm not saying it for him and that's part of the not taking things personally thing it's just yeah. you're not doing okay just help yourself you know what i mean like do yourself a favor do what you need to do to level yourself out, and then we can, you know, readdress things that are making you upset, or um, we can have an honest conversation about why you're feeling the way instead of it just being so driven by hate and anger. Yep. And then for me, when I see Brittany like that. Yeah. I actually have a t- hard time um, Brittany's pain because. Uh, Brittany is so busy and keeps herself moving so much that I can't say go to the gym. I can't say because Brittany as well, like, uh, I don't drive. I, after Edgewood, I realized, like, um, I'm comfortable with my fears. And you know what? Driving, like, I am not scared of my driving skills. I am scared. Everyone else's. Everyone else's. And I get so elevated. So I was just like, you know what? I personally, because I'm such a hermit, I don't have to leave. Brittany cannot smoke because she has to drive in case somebody until the kids go to bed, but she makes sure that, you know, she can drive at any time. 
So she doesn't have the option to smoke during the day uh, or take oils. Mm-hmm. Um, CBD is fine, but like for trauma, THC is uh, as good as well because it's to the front of the brain, which then helps with, for me, my physical pain symptoms. Anyways, she doesn't have that. And then because Brittany's so busy, she can't go physically go exert herself. So I have a hard time actually being compassionate when I see Brittany is short-tempered or, or battling just life demons, her demons, um, her pain. She had back surgery. So I have a hard time. So all I can do for Brittany is Brittany responds. Her love language is touch. So I can rub Brittany's neck. I can uh, give Brittany a hug. But unfortunately, Brittany has less tools in the day to kind of have that time, I feel. So I have a hard time being compassionate or helping Brittany because the tools aren't available until certain times. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, my uh, one of the things I do for my wife every once in a while, I know she's kind of not feeling great, is I send her text messages. Because <laughs> usually when, when yeah. she was working, I would be at home. And in a similar way, it is like I can't do anything for her when she's having a crummy day when she's at work. And the only thing that I would continue to work on was just show her a little bit of, love a little bit of compassion even if it's through a text message or a little video message through um i got an app called marco polo which is great it does little kind of like tiktok but it's like messaging so you get these little video snippets that you can send to people and anyway the um that helped her a lot because it was i was just showing her that she was being thought of throughout the day i think that's really cool that you do that i like i'm a person that thrives on affirmation I have such terrible anxiety at times that I feel like there's nothing that I can do right, hell or high water. So when Arthur gives me moments of affirmation, yo, uh, you had a stressful as fuck day and you did a great job. I'm like, that's awesome. You know what I mean? So that kind of stuff is a big deal. And it's for both of us. Like even something as small as like loading the dishwasher being like, yo, I saw you do that. Thanks for being a boss ass bitch. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really, you know, I think the key thing is really just understanding how to communicate to each other, right? How, what communicates and what works versus what doesn't. Uh, because, you know, when Amber and I were first, uh, when I first came home and I, I just got my diagnosis and I have a five month old son and I just came back from being an instructor in Meaford, I was very much like, this is the way shit's going down, right? <laughs> I, I was used to being in charge. I was used to being the guy telling everyone what was going to happen. And um, it, it, takes a long time and a lot of humility to be able to say that, you know, oh, well, I just, I, I don't know. Right? I, but what do you want me to do? What is it that you, how do you feel when I say this? How do you feel when I say this? What makes you feel good when it, uh, when I do it, that kind of thing, because you're showing your own vulnerability, right? And a lot of people don't want to do that, but the communication is so yeah, important. Your own vulnerability plus consideration for your other person, right? Like, feel like we get so wrapped up in ourselves so much nowadays especially with like social media and like selfie generation and all that other crap is like I feel like we forget sometimes that this is a partnership and not just like you're living in the same house and coexisting so it's like yeah. best friend in the wide world and I treat him that's gonna sound funny but like I treat him the same way I would treat my best girlfriend we're in that he is the only thing he deserves from me is anything but the best. So that means honest communication. That means telling it how it is and being vulnerable and sometimes saying things that are hard to hear because I would expect him 
to be honest and tell me things that are hard to hear if they need to be said. You know what I mean? So yep. that's the way I look at it. Yeah. And I think the key part of that is making sure that it's not personal, right? Like you can, like it, it's a personal statement, obviously, but it's not meant as a hurtful statement. You know, I'm having an issue with you doing this, but it's just, it's an I statement. Yeah, exactly. I, when this happens, I feel this way. When you do this to me, I feel that because nobody's doing anything to you. Yes, absolutely. That's uh, it's, it's such a dichotomy too. Cause uh, you know, it, anytime you're dealing with a relationship, a lot of it is I can only, like, I can only experience what I feel, but yeah. <laughs> you're in a partnership. So you still have to be able to recognize what each other feel. And it's a very difficult balancing act, right? You have what I need versus what you need. And we have to be able to give each other what each other need at the same time as getting what we need for ourselves. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> so challenging, yes. but I guess that's what makes, you know, re- relationships, uh, also awesome is because they're a continual challenge. Uh, at least in my head, I love a challenge. And so if it's a puzzle, I can figure it out. Let's figure it out. But, uh, how do you guys deal with, um, like when you fight and you guys are fighting because <laughs> every couple fights at some point, do you guys have any go-tos at afterwards? Right. I know some people use physicality. They, they don't have crazy ass makeup sex or, they'll sit down and talk about it directly or they will, um, you know, let it, let it calm for a couple of days and then talk about it. Or they'll talk to their psychs about it. like, there's all kinds of ways to deal with the resolution of the conflict. Do you guys have anything specific that you guys do or recommend? This is going to sound funny. I'm going to have to, yeah, I'll be right there. Theodore, I have to go wipe my son's uh, bottom. <laughs> so I'll be very quick and I'll come back down. Uh, for me afterwards, I have to calm myself, bring my brain back to logic, bring my brain back to compassion. And then generally I'll laugh at with each other because like we are both two ex-infanteers. So when we bout, like, like it is epic. There's no, it's never yeah, physical. No, no, no. Yeah, just to be but clear. It, it, it yeah. is epic. He yeah. can throw the jackings at one another oh, so quick. Like it yeah. is a jack for jack. <laughs> and then I laugh. Both laugh. Laugh. And then we just like kind of out in the air. We solve it kind of within the day, within 24 hours. My son keeps calling me. And then uh, <laughs> we do enjoy uh, intimate time. Like I, as a man, I do enjoy that. And I really tried to show my love with Brittany <laughs> through my like physical performance. Yeah, I'm a bird of paradise. Yeah, I'm a bird of Got his feathers up, dancing around. Ooh. <laughs> let Brittany share her uh, I statements of how she deals with the fight. Oh my God, Theodore. Jesus. That's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think the best part about us is like in the heat of the moment we're both like two alpha type people and we just like fangs out go for it not saying that i endorse that at all it's just what works for us and like i said like we both said like it never ever gets physical but like if you could picture like just two very strong personalities just clashing yeah whipping at each other you know what i mean so um, and I mean, like, it doesn't last long. We'll go bout for bout and then it'll, you know, we taper off. And then usually we're pretty good at having a sense of humor about it after and just 
kind of poking fun at each other, especially like in the heat of the moment when the jackings get so colorful that like a real good doozy comes out and yeah. then we just joke about it after and it's a source of an inside joke for us. So yeah, I mean like we're pretty lucky in the fact that when we row, we row, but I think for both of us, well, especially for me, like I can speak for myself, I've seen my family hold on to grudges and stuff and it's so awful to watch people keep that sort of stress in their bodies and like we just we've just committed to each other to like again with the grace piece is just we're a normal married couple that has to live with each other day in and day out we have two small children that are beautiful creatures but like being a parent is stressful so we just we recognize that these moments are going to happen because they're inevitable but then you know we just move on and like arthur says this all the time it's like my new favorite saying on the whole planet he's like i walk through many doors so like that that's a joke like about his like short-term memory but like once we walk through a door it's like we walk through the door it's over it's done with yep. kind of thing and then we just move i literally forget everything that <laughs> i ever have done every time i walk through a door and every time i go into a new room it's like brand new so we just are like we have walked through many doors today what's done is done yeah that's a great way to put it too you just you put it to rest right you recognize what's happening you've talk through it or no yell through it or whatever it, right and then it's done about it, it it's done one of the the this is going to be hilarious but like you guys said uh the other said when we have a bout and i'm the first thing i thought was you guys like picking up the pugil sticks and just starting wailing on each other <laughs> i was like that is a really good way to do it <laughs> Oh, man. No, I've been there, done yeah. that, man. Yeah. No, I just, <laughs> yeah. it's like the perfect image in my head of <laughs> you two going out with sticks. Um, what were those things that you used to be able to blow up in the 90s and you put them on your hands? They're, they're like, they're like punching gloves, but you blow them up. Sock, rock oh, and sock yeah, 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 yeah. I remember those. That'd be hilarious. Do not endorse physical violence. No, no, no. I, uh, you know, it's funny. I keep trying to get my wife to do jujitsu with me. And I'm like, because, you know, one of the statements I made was like, you know, we can have a fight and then we can just go roll around and choke each other out and we'll feel better afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, that's not fair. You're more advanced than I am. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, that, that's fantastic. You know, one of the things my my wife and I do is we actually do like an AAR we'll, we'll have a fight. We'll separate for a while. And then we come back and we, we actually, will just talk it out and be like, okay, well, what was it that really bothered you about X or whatever? Right. And then we can really break it down and really develop, uh, as, as Arthur has said, you know, the I statements is how I feel, how she feels. And we can come to either a conclusion or a, a way forward. Right. And then like I get your perspective get my perspective when we encounter this again in the future the other will take a lead yeah yeah not both yeah that uh i, I love hearing your voice in the background because it's, it's just hilarious because i got two boys in my own <laughs> doing the same thing oh, yeah. uh, in isolation right now too so they just they're like little ferrets they're just like yeah literally bouncing off the walls <laughs> yeah <laughs> And, and uh, yeah, I just came back too. I got second degree burns all over my face and hands. Oh yeah, children were really good at being compassionate. They're so pretty cool nice. little people. They're uh, you know one of the things that you never really think about when you first think about kids is 
you always expect there's expectations, right? Like you say, I'm going to have to change diapers. I'm going to have to deal with, you know, uh, peed in beds and all these things that you, you recognize that kids are going to do. And then you have to do stuff like teaching someone how to wipe their own butt. And you, like, you never even think about that until all of a sudden it needs to happen. And you're like, how, how did I learn how to do it? <laughs> Yeah, I try to go back in your memory bank and you're like, I can't. It was too old. Yeah. I actually asked my mom about it. I'm like, what what did you do when you wanted and she was just like, I did it until you were uncomfortable with it, and then you just took over and I was like, Oh, that kind of makes sense, I guess. Solid. Yeah. yeah. But now so let's talk about forward movement. How do you develop forward movement in your own relationship? I mean, because a relationship is if it gets stagnant, becomes you guys people become really good roommates right or they're married for so long that they they kind of forget that they need to move their own relationship forward and then they just become housemates or really good friends rather than partners how do you guys de- um, develop that we're kind of like in that phase right now because we don't have so many outside things distracting us from focusing on our relationship anymore mm-hmm. um like for a time there it was so fast-paced and so stressful that you know, like as much as we love each other each other that all the time and we show each other that it your relationship kind of becomes secondary to all the chaos that's in your life and prioritize other things above your relationship and then you know then all of a sudden you're in christmas and you know like there's always so many other things that are happening outside that you kind of just are like we're good it's fine we're fine yeah and then you're tired and there's just so much I think now that the noise, you know, and like COVID-19 sucks, but COVID lockdown kind of gave people an opportunity to readdress those things in their lives by deliberately making us slow down, yeah, forcing us to be in the same space for an extended period of time, enticed us to have conversations with people that we live with because that's the only social human interaction that we could have. So it's, I'm super grateful. Sounds terrible, but like I'm grateful for the slowdown because if we had kept moving at light speed the way we were, like things would have just gotten trickier and trickier and trickier, right? But now that we've had the opportunity to slow down and kind of reacquaint ourselves in a romantic way, we are making plans to focus more on our relationship than other things in our lives now. It's good for us, I think. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a fantastic point. I'm you know. I always, with COVID happening and everyone being isolated, I, I don't know how many times I put it on social media, but it was, you know, if you come out of this period of time without having learned something, developed something, gotten better at something, then you just wasted three months of your life, right? Like, it, this is such an opportunity to really look inwards and better yourself, better your relationship, better your uh, understanding of something. Like, I, I'm, I've been taking French on my phone since we started this whole thing. And I, I hate French. <laughs> I hate the, like, I, I don't like the language at all. I have a hard time understanding it. But it was one thing that I just figured, you know, I, I actually did it because I wanted to show my kids that it's possible to learn another language. And um, my oldest started French immersion. And then we were like, oh, well, I guess we should probably know something too. And then um, <laughs> he, we moved to a different school without a French immersion program, which is a French program on the side. But I just kept doing it. I was like, oh, well, can't hurt to have another language, right? And then I, I wanted to show my kids that that was possible. But that that's not the only thing, right? Like, I still do jujitsu. I still 
try to work out as best as I can. I really don't know much about working out, so maybe I'll hook up with Arthur at some point. You can show me some things to get going because I got a lot of injuries, so I have a hard time. I'll get, I'll move forward and I'll start feeling good, and then I'll get hurt, and then I have to take a couple weeks off just to stop hurting so much, and then it kind of back at square one, and then so I think it's most of my fault because I beat myself up pretty bad about it too. I think the other thing too is to recognize that like no matter how long you've been together, like. I said earlier we're going to be together or married 10 years mm-hmm. but don't ever stop dating each other yes don't ever uh feel like you're above that part or that that's not relevant to your relationship anymore because if you don't try like force yourself to have fun yeah i'm i'm really bad for that i uh, i totally admit i have i've never been um i'm not an emotional person to say the least like i don't I don't exude emotion very well and I don't uh I have a lot of issues a lot of trouble showing my own emotions. So I I unfortunately I'm uh there was a long period of time where I really took my wife and I's relationship for granted completely and just kind of expected it to go on and one day she told me that she was just not happy anymore and I was like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> I think I think I screwed up somewhere behind her. If you're not happy, that's not good. And you know, over years of therapy and like my own therapy and trying to be a better person i recognize just what you what you just said is that i i stopped trying to to woo her i stopped trying to keep her around and i just expected her to be there and uh it's it's been something i've been working on for the last little while is just making sure that she is known and that's why i was saying uh, before covid hit i was texting her during the day or i would even when with covid on and if i have to go out and do something i will continually check in with her and make sure that she knows where I am, what timings are, and when I'm going to be home, and blah, 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 blah. I think it's cool, too, that, like, when Arthur and I do take the opportunity to, like, each other, we do fun, dumb shit that we would have done when we were younger, too. Ooh, smart. Like, we will get tattoos, or we'll, um, like, he'll have his longboard, and I'll watch him go longboarding, or, you know, like, we do the fun stuff. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, you put your dinner. little black dress on and he yeah. puts a tie on and you go for dinner and blah, blah, blah. Like go watch a thrasher movie Ooh. and then go smoke a joint by the railroad tracks and look at the stars. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. That's, That's awesome. fun shit. That's really, that makes you feel stuff. Yeah. And then it's not irritating you. you know I mean? And I think the dinner trope is, is just that like it, it is, uh, it's a fallback position, right? Like, Oh fuck, I screwed up. Let's go out for dinner. Yeah. And like, what kind of like, yeah. You know, like, oh, I fucked up. I'm going to get her some flowers. It's like, hey, that's nice that you thought of me and whatever. I appreciate the sentiment, but I would be like so stoked if you brought some THC Pop Rocks and we watched an old black and white movie. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, because you thought, because that's the kind of stuff I like. You know? Absolutely. And like, the, I work at eight to four and Monday to Friday, I drive a minivan, so we must do the dinner. Yeah. And really, I mean, dinner is, is all great and is great and all, but you can't really you can't do that all the time with kids and it's expensive so you're burning money burning time and not only that you got to have somebody watching your kids which means you have to pay for a babysitter or you know hopefully you have a parent or somebody else that can watch them but then you go and spend you know 100 some odd bucks for dinner and like uh, it's just if you think of the type of conversations you have in those different settings too right like I put money on it that you're going to have more of an open honest conversation while you're out having a picnic somewhere private or and like just chilling rather than you know going to a fancy ass restaurant you guys have stuff you need to talk about or want to talk about or share but it's like 
not a private setting. So it's you're not you're not being a hundred percent honest in your communication in those types of settings either. Absolutely, and you know there's something to be said about being able to laugh, and a lot of people are very self conscious about their own laugh, and when you're out in public, people don't want right? like it's you will stifle you will stifle that more than you will be free. And like, and even just the way we talk to each other too, in like a fun, flirty, ridiculous way, like I swear way too much. And it's something that I've been working on, but like, if we were to go out for a fancy dinner or something like I'm, I just wouldn't be myself, you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I have, I have a problem when I go to a restaurant is I used to work in a, uh, a very high end restaurant before I was in the army and I immediately start critiquing the restaurant. So I'm, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not engaging with my wife because I'm constantly critiquing the staff and I'm critiquing the seats and I'm critiquing this and that. It's just, I'm so bad. <laughs> so let's talk about kids, trauma and kids, because that is an extremely challenging thing for myself. I know, um, like I had my first son right before I was diagnosed, right after I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress was when we had our first son, like four, maybe six months after I got diagnosed. Um, I got out of the army he was five months old and I had to relearn or I had to learn how to be a dad. I had to learn how to be a partner and how to be a roommate. <laughs> and, uh, and it did not go well at first. Plus adding your own transition on top of all of that. Yes. Right? Yeah. It was challenging. And I, I was of the same mind as we were saying earlier was I was like, okay, what's the next job? What do I have to do next? Where is the next step was blah, blah, blah. And I, and I did rely, as you said earlier, Arthur, I relied on that system. I expected the VA to cover me or expected the VA to call me when something needed to be done. Or uh, my, you know, the psychology, the OSI clinic, uh, when I first came here to Edmonton, I expected that to be the place to go because that's where I was told to go. And unfortunately, it didn't go well. But I, you know, I learned something out of that as well. I had a buddy of mine tell me, he's like, you know, you can go anywhere you want. And it had never even dawned on me that I could just go see a different psychologist. <laughs> You're hiring. You can hire and fire. Yeah. And so again, uh, you know, it takes somebody to tell you that sometimes uh, to do it. Now with my kids, you know, one of my major difficulties is that I, I can't handle the high-pitched scream. I have inner ear nerve damage. So when kids yeah. start screaming, it's like getting a friggin' screwdriver in the ear. Like it, it is straight pain right to the head. and you you guys know as well as I do, when your pain spikes, your stress spikes. So that was always happening to me regularly. And I would, they would scream, my pain would spike, my stress would then be spiked, and I'd be fucked up for the rest of the day. And then all that would, all the extra stuff would just fall onto my wife. Over time, I've come to, uh, I got these noise canceling headphones, which help a lot whenever they're getting loud. <laughs> and um, also we've taught my kids, you know, I have ear, like my ears are broken. You can't scream at that kind of level to get my attention because you're not going to get the attention you want. But it took a while to teach them that. And it took a while for my own self to be able to recognize that it wasn't them. Like they're not trying to hurt me. It's just a byproduct. How do you guys deal with your kids and trauma at the same time? That's a lot of fun. Yeah. What a great one. Yeah, um, I know, right? <laughs> so, um, Ryder got... Master Corporal Laramie. So Ryder got discipline from like 0 0.1. So Ryder got mod six, Ryder got post tour, uh, Ryder got inspection ready, um, Ryder got expectations put up on him to even like 
sleep immediately without a night light maximum sleep hygiene because that's the right thing to do so i had to deal with immense amount of stress and frustration because i would put my expectations upon this little human um and then healing and then we have our second child uh theodore and now i'm no i'm hurt so now i don't want to bring any of that i don't even want to be aggressive so theodore gets to walk all over me uh theodore uh, do what he wants uh, because i don't <laughs> want to bring out my pain and my old ways upon him so i have to deal with like finding the happy medium for discipline finding um compassion as well as discipline um and so that is still very much a struggle uh, when i'm out uh, in public and like maybe like um i'm like straight up flashback or i'm hyper vigilant or um aggressive it's very hard for me then to hear the children scream at me uh, scream at the world being children and finding that compassion uh to then not like take it out on britney because then britney and i uh, are two different human beings and have two different ways of, of teaching children as well. So then I generally conflict with Brittany. Uh, so I argue with her. Sometimes we're not on the same page of well, like a situation, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But so I have to, I have to constantly like process what I'm feeling, process where the children are at, see that the children are, are me and I am them. Um, so be compassionate think about uh, like what i use too is like how do, would i want to be treated when i was young what wasn't done for me um that i can do for those children so edward taught me that as well um psh, children how and then like when i'm like i'm in pain uh i have trauma so like I am consumed by that sometimes. And so to be compassionate for another human being, even though they're my own child is like sometimes super hard. Uh, I made a joke early in our relationship that if I was a bear, I would have eaten our children. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, it's tough. Children are, are being a parent is, is so, so hard. I, and I have, I'm going to say this. Oh, but anyway, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> but like children, it's like, and especially for like, man, my God, it's especially Teachers hard failed too. us. They didn't prepare us for children. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This little already has its own personality. You cannot mold it. Uh, it is going to mold itself through the example of the world around. It's like it's yeah. so intense that I often will get depressed because of my children. Yep, I will get stressed of my children it is so daunting and so scary and so all-consuming to be a parent that it is in so intense i'm gonna say it is so intense it is every day i wake up i'm like okay i gotta do what i can and i even i started telling the kids when it's nine o'clock and they're like can we stay up like it's like hey my beautiful children loves of my life I now need boundary space from you. 9 p.m. is now daddy and mommy time. Yep. Uh, like, that time you're not staying up. I get three hours of me time, possibly three hours of Brittany and I time. Um, so it's like, oh, go to bed. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm the, That's how I feel. I'm the exact same way. I, uh, 
when it's bedtime, I'm like, it, it's fucking bedtime. Time upstairs. Let's go. Pajamas, teeth, in bed. And uh, my wife's a little bit more. Yeah. My wife's a little bit more. Uh, she gives them a little bit more leeway. And it's like, oh, they, they're being really good today. Let them watch another show. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, but that's it's half an hour that we don't get. Like, <laughs> come on now. Let's <laughs> hard too right like especially with the covid stuff you know like if you're in isolation or you're in forced quarantine or whatever they they get just as sick of us as we get sick of them you know what i mean i think one of my biggest things that i've worked on lately is just really trying to dive into their perspective of how they would be perceiving what's going on you know not just in our household but in the world right like poor little teddy who's four hasn't seen his daycare friends in four months you know, he hasn't had has had next to no interaction with children his age no, he's so, becoming super attached to me it's yeah like un, i'm i am now his buddy yeah i'm not his teacher i'm not his father yeah. i've turned into his buddy and i see that i have to be his buddy right now like means that like emotional needs, yeah. attachment something right because his, his entire world has changed those riders like Oh, and like I'm wearing an N95 mask right now because I'm positive for COVID and we've been in isolation for days now. I'm not like we have, we've had to isolate from each other even still. Like I've been living in a tent in my backyard and like to the kids, they're like, what the heck is going on? Like is mom's like, oh, and they see that I'm sick and get worried and like there's just so much stuff that we don't think twice about that they hold on to and they're like what's going on because they don't understand it is is such a difficult thing to to let kids know about that stuff too right like how do you discuss a pandemic with a three-year-old or a four-year-old or a (laughs) six-year-old i think just like it's the same as being compassionate with ourselves or gracious with ourselves as we really need to offer them and graciousness and just be like don't oh, know yeah. because you're just little and that's okay you know that just having extra patience when it comes to things that you know in your normal routine you would be like what the heck like we have a schedule we have structure we have discipline for a reason the world's just been turned upside down so you don't even know what rules apply to you anymore yeah and it's like starting from scratch yeah and it can really be like it, it, it's really anything, right? At any point in time, at any day, your kids are going to come up with something that you had never even thought of before <laughs> in order to stress you out just because they're kids. Too stressed out from this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't mean to stress you out. Uh, it just, it's one of those things. Like kids are, uh, it's they're they're a blessing and a curse because. So you know, I so I had a my uncle gave me this piece of advice very early on when I first when my son was first born, and I have taken it with me ever since. And it is such a key thing that most people don't even understand. And it is this: fully expect that every time you teach your child to do something, you will instantly regret it. <laughs> That's really wow. good. And I was like, I, I the first time I heard it, I was like, really? Come on, like. No way, not everything. And sure shit. Taught him how to crawl, he would never stop. He taught him how to talk, he never shut up. He taught him how to run and he will not freaking slow down. He taught him how to step out of diapers and into underwear. And now he's peeing all over the fucking place. Now, just... Or, or uh, teach him how to use a knife and 
fork and all of a sudden the knife wants to be cutting everywhere. Yep. So you have to watch <laughs> for a little person that could at any time be like, I'm going to cut this. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it just adds that extra little bit of stress where you think, oh, okay, finally, he knows how to do this. I can not worry about it anymore. Wrong. Nope. <laughs> you got to worry about it more. You've just given them a skill and now they're like, okay, how far can I push this? Yeah, absolutely. How far is, do I get to go and tell mom and dad say no? Yeah. So I've, I've come to the real, since I've, you know, after my second son and uh, we've, I've really taken it to heart. So when I teach my kids something now, there's usually an addendum, right? Like, okay, we're going to teach you how to do this, but right now we're still going to do it the old way until you're a bit more proficient and then we're going to carry it on within them yeah it uh but at the same time that's how you grow right that's how you develop your own kids is to give them a skill set give them a little bit of leeway and watch them fail over and over and over again until they get it right that's how we learn too right is same thing as we were talking earlier you have to give up your own the walls that you build to keep yourself safe, you have to give those up in order to be, you know, in a partnership with somebody or in a relationship with somebody, you have to be able to give of yourself to move forward. And if you can't do that, then you're not really going anywhere. You're just sitting on a wall. That's right. Uh, wow. We've been going for just about two hours here. This is fantastic. I, again, thank you guys so much for being on here. Cause this is awesome. <laughs> um, do you guys have any last minute points, anything you wanted to let the world know? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Hit me. Chris. Are you good with that? If yeah, I can go, go first? Yes. Okay. You only have much time. Like you, Your life will end eventually. We are not invincible and we do not live forever. So for the love of all that is holy, find some happiness in your life in whatever that looks like. And in a relationship, if you're going through hard times and... Um, you're confused or you don't know how to move forward just ask somebody for help because you know there are certain situations and relationships where it, it's just not healthy or compatible and of course I would never ever ever insist on anybody staying in a relationship that's being detrimental to their mental physical or emotional health but I I feel and this is just me saying for me that some people give up too easy in a relationship. I think it's important that people remember that no matter no matter what marriage you're like who it is, whether it's two people who are artists or people who are infantiers or somebody like two totally different personalities that are in a marriage, marriages evolve and grow and people change no matter what happens. You're never ever going to be the same people from the day you got married to the day that you celebrate your 75th wedding anniversary. So in order for you to be successful in your relationship, you need to first understand that you are going to evolve and grow. It's about growing together and not apart. So if you want it to work, you have to work at keeping it together. It's not just going to happen. That is so true and so accurate. And I uh, couldn't agree with you more. It is a uh, it is a challenge and it is something that you have to continually work at. I'm a big fan of a guy named Jocko Willink, a big proponent of his uh, teachings, I guess you could say. And one of the things that he talks about is when you're a leader, when you're in a leadership role and you're teaching or you have um, employees or something like that, you need to mentor and teach and develop up until a point 
where you have done everything you could to bring this person up to speed. And if they're not up to speed, let them go. And I liken that to relationships as well, is that you have to develop that relationship. You have to continually work on it and continually, you know, mentor each other on your, wherever you are in your uh, headspace at that, in that day or that week or that year and continue to work together. Cause if you don't, then like we said earlier, you just get stagnant or you get bogged down or you just give up. Arthur, you got any points? I guess would be for an I statement. I am grateful that I was able to face my true fears and sadnesses and get past the illusion of anger and projection, um, get past the, the illusion of perfectionism and uh, what is all that is an infantier applies to everything in a world. So um, to individuals, uh, um, brothers and sisters that have uh, our experiences and have been indoctrinated into our uh, lifestyle is uh, when you're out, um, really look for that inner child uh, because when you find that inner child and you find that self that is scared and sad or the self that is joyful, doesn't even have to be depressed, that self that is is uh, has passion and uh, wants experiences, once you find that, really nurture it, care for that, uh, don't be scared of feelings. I'm not saying be extreme in that sense, always have feelings and always cry. Just feel your feelings, sit with it, and let it pass. Let them pass. My thoughts are not me. So um, I'm in the now, I'm in the present. I'm feeling a carpet. I'm at a table. I'm safe in my home. I see orange paint, and I hear my son, and I smell my clean house. Um, so I am here and present now. And those are really cool things to discover uh, for myself. And I hope maybe that helps another uh, warrior um, kind of leave our world of, of um, reactions and violence and fear and vigilance to something that they can enjoy. So hopefully that helps. Um, check me out on Iron King Live on Twitch. Yep, <laughs> yep, absolutely. I was just going to get into that. So that that's a fantastic okay. statement of you know being mindful in your in being present right what do you have right now and um you know my wife and i actually we had a bit of a conversation last night she's not in the greatest mindset or last couple of days and i was like what was one thing that went right today like what was one good thing that you could pull out of today and it was difficult for her to actually find that one thing because in a, the mindset she was in everything sucked everything was dark and I, I've told the story a few times, but uh, I was in Wainwright years ago on my uh, Mod 6, and we were sitting around waiting for orders. And it was one of those crummy Wainwright days, you know, where it's just, it's uh, it's warm, but it's not really warm enough to not wear a jacket. And the clouds were completely covering the sky, but it wasn't really raining. So it was just like a crummy, you can't decide kind of day. And uh, while we were waiting... Uh, a sunbeam opened up and just hit both me and my fire team partner. And we just sit there for a second and bathed in the sunlight and warmed up for a minute. And we looked at each other and I was like special moments from Wainwright, something like that. And it was just like a, a recognition of that was whatever just happened. 
was awesome. And we just lived yeah. lived in that moment, right? Yeah, that's wicked. Yeah, I, I can't remember that. I had a whole name for it. We did it throughout the entire course. But, you know, I, I was talking to my wife last night and I kind of did the same thing. I was like, you have to find, when you're in those dark moments, you got to find that one thing. And sometimes it is just as simple as I had a chocolate bar today and it tasted good. <laughs> that's that's it. Do the things that make life worth living and make it so beautiful. Yeah. For, for birds. So birds invite me home. Oh, that's a nice one. When I, birds, I, uh, I bring myself to myself and I acknowledge that now. And I thank the birds for allowing me to be present. So birds are definitely a huge part in that exactly what you're saying. Like I remember in Shiloh, um, sitting at the, the OP, it was raining, uh, but the grass was like particularly green and like the way it struck the leaves. And as I was just staring out, I was just like in it and I didn't feel the rain. And I was like, yes, like mm-hmm. I am nature. Yeah, that's a great feeling, especially when you can find it and then sit in it for however long you need to right now. Uh, I think that's what makes us so good when we're in the army is when you're in, when you're really in the suck, the good guys will just find something and they'll be like, oh yeah, this ain't that bad. Just become it. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it is, it, yes. doesn't, it, it changes, <laughs> but you are it. Yeah. So uh, if anybody wants to follow you, know more about you, what do you, where would they find you? Uh, I really, I love the Twitch platform on Instagram, Arthur's Experience, but more importantly, I'm on Twitch and that's uh, the Iron King Live. Uh, pay homage to my concept of community and what I've tried to build. And uh, yeah, Twitch is uh, really fun. I make it interactive. You train with me um, or you watch me train. And uh, there's like, it's just a really great community. You got DJs on there. I'm going to plug this because a lot of us are recluses. They got DJs on there, they got games on there, uh, sports on there. Um, they got Barstool Sports is on Twitch too. So it's a really, it's YouTube, but a live forum at the same time. And it's really cool. Awesome. Um, so definitely Twitch, Iron King Live. Um, stream twice a day. In the evening, it's way, my way too, because I, I don't like to go out. Um, I like to go out to coffee shops and I pretend, I used to smoke, I quit smoking. So I pretend I have a cigarette in my mouth and a coffee with Brittany. I love that kind of <laughs> like secluded events i like lunches and baskets but going out i don't really like parties because i get overwhelmed so i play games on twitch and it's like hey play games with me and it's a really cool platform so for people that feel alone and isolated i highly recommend um twitch is a good social platform to meet people talk in the safety of your own home and i'm not sponsored by them okay that's awesome though I, i'm glad that you were able to find a platform that works for you that's fantastic I mean, that's the greatest part about social media right is if used correctly it can be a big help yeah, absolutely yeah. Brittany. if anybody would want to learn more about you or follow you on stuff do you have anything on social media um i've actually kind of taken some time to discuss a lot of things. i mean like if somebody wanted to reach out and talk or whatever um you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Okay. Um, my on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. And I've just kind of taken a step back from being so out there and involved. And I'm always open for people to like throw me a message or ask questions or whatever. Like I would never say 
stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm not just I'm just not a whole lot these days in that stuff. Roger that. Okay. Uh, again, thank you guys for coming on here. I think there's a lot of really great information that we we discussed today. It, uh, we went for just about two hours here, which is awesome. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people that get a lot out of this. So thank you. Thanks cool. for having thank us, you. man. That concludes this episode of The Toolbox. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you were able to use some of the information that was offered. I want to thank all those putting it on the line for us every day. Military, veterans, first responders, and public servants. Keep up the good work. I look forward to bringing you more tools for your toolbox. And until next time, stay open, stay humble, and stay focused. Chimo. Mm-hmm.